Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Bush Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... So this last storyteller, this is his uh, second time doing storytelling night, and he also does improv here at the Bush. Give it up for Randy Rose. Hello. Good evening. Uh, so I feel well. Before I start, I do want to say I don't have a tribal tattoo, um, but in 2001, I did get a kanji symbol. Those were in those are the Japanese symbols that was supposed to say my last name, Rose, and I found out later it says King Culture, <laughs> which which is still pretty cool. So the last story I told when I was here was uh, about anthropology, which was my, my undergrad. So king culture's sort of appropriate. But, um, I feel like the last couple stories were like really inspirational. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I guess <laughs> we decided to end in a different direction. Um, so most, a lot of people, I've noticed there's a trend in, in recent like, social history uh, where people are comfortable talking about mental health problems and, and they're open about you know, medical issues that they're having, things like that. Um, that's not me. I'm not very comfortable talking about that kind of stuff. But I grew up in a family that if we didn't talk about poop or you know, just vomit or those the grotesque things at dinner time, it was not a normal dinner time. You know, we, and that's actually that was what I grew up in, and I have three children, and that's still like every night at dinner we're talking about somebody's poop or, you know, there's corn in my poop, whatever, those kinds of weird things. And I'm answering those kinds of questions for my kids. So, uh, but, you know, I'm more comfortable talking about that kind of stuff. Though the people, I, you know, uh, Brendan mentioned I do improv here. The people I think I do a lot of shows with here t- see that I don't typically go for the poop jokes and the fart jokes. Um, so this is going to be a little interesting. What I'm going to tell you guys about uh, is my vasectomy that I had two months ago. Uh, so... Before I get started, though, it's important for you to know this. I am a grower and not a shower. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, basically, picture a men's locker room. You have guys that are like the paragon of male virility, right? The guy, while he's wearing a towel, it looks like an elephant searching for peanuts at the back of a circus tent. <laughs> and then there's me. Uh, kind of the opposite of that, right? Um, the guy who's like trying to trim his bush so he can get an extra inch kind of thing. Um, so, you know, when, you know, when it's time to do the do, though, I, my body does a transformation. And I'm not saying it's huge, but it's enough to, you know, for my special lady to get the job done. So, um, but like I said, I have three kids, right? So obviously it works. Uh, and we had been talking for a long time about who, you know, when the time was right, one of us was going to get fixed. And it makes a lot more sense for me to get it than for my wife to get it. So for, to get tubes tied, it's a pretty major surgery. Um, there can be a lot of complications and things like that. So if, you're, if you have a C-section, a lot of times, you know, they'll go in and do it because it's all kind of one big thing. But, you know, all three of my kids were, uh, were natural births. And so we decided, like, okay, well... I'll go get a vasectomy. And we, we're done after my third. We're like, okay, we're pretty good. Really, after my second, we probably should have been like, yeah, this is, well, this is a good number. Um, it's even. Now we're outnumbered, and that's, that's pretty tough. But, um, 
But anyway, so that's a whole other story. <clears throat> so uh, I decided to get a vasectomy. So I, I surprisingly, you know, a lot of guys that I talk, I know a, a high percentage of men who have had a vasectomy. So I was asking people I work with, like, hey, man, how horrible is this thing? And almost everybody was like, oh, it was easy, man. It was pretty much like, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Or sir, I guess in this case. Um, but, you know, it's like, you know, outpatient procedure, local anesthetic. You go in, they, they do. And I'll actually, so for those of you who don't know what a vasectomy, I keep saying vasectomy. It should be vasectomy. So what a vasectomy is, is they, they actually make an incision, two incisions, uh, very small, in the side of the scrotum. They pull out the vas deferens and they clip it. The vas deferens is a duct, basically. You have two of them. Men have two of them. And it, it goes from essentially from the backside of the prostate up over the pelvic bone, which is horrible design. Um, so it goes in front of the, the, pelvic, the pelvic bone, and it goes down into uh, the scrotum and connects to the back of the epididymis. Um, and what the epididymis is is the sperm storage unit. So that's attached to, essentially to the back of the testicle. So the testicle produces sperm. It stores it in the epididymis. Uh, during ejaculation, or actually right before ejaculation, sperm travels up the, the vas deferens, back into the prostate. It connects with the seminal vesicles, which provides some additional fluid, uh, with, along with the prostate, and that gets pumped out of the urethra, and that is what ejaculate is. You should, you should have all remembered that from seventh grade history class. So a vasectomy, they clip those and they solder them. So almost everybody was like, hey, it's not that bad. Just Honestly, the worst is you feel a little tugging, you feel it up here in the abdomen, and then uh, you smell when they cauterize it. And I was like, Oof, no thank you. So I did a lot of research. I found a urologist that was very highly rated, and I went and talked to him. Great bedside manner. I was like, this guy's awesome. This is going to be great. So he said, hey, when we do the surgery, I can, we can either do it right here in the office or... We have a surgery center that we just opened next door. I knock you out, same thing. It's less than 20 minutes. You're out of here in an hour. I was like, yeah, I'm going to take that one. That sounds awesome. So other than uh, you know, embarrassing the shit out of my wife, because I don't do well when I come out of uh, general anesthesia, I was like ordering drinks. The nurses were like, hey, can we get you something to drink? I'm like, yeah, I'll take a vodka tonic. You know? <laughs> and then I was asking like, really horrifying questions. Like, on a scale, no, this is a serious question. On a scale of 1 to 10... How big is my dick compared to other guys? <laughs> so, and it, by the way, these ner- all the, the, the OR ladies were like, probably average age is probably 65. So my wife is just like mortified that I'm in there like these sweet ladies. I ended up actually going back and apologizing to them about two weeks later. But so anyway, they told me as I was coming out of it, they're like, all right, you're going to have pain for a couple days, first two, three days. Um, you'll have a lot of pain. And then, uh, so we're giving you painkillers. And then you'll have swelling for about two weeks. So I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. I, I talked, only one guy that I talked to said, hey, I had horrible swelling. Swelled, my sack swelled up like a cantaloupe. And I was like, that sounds rough. But he, his whole thing was he had an infection, which is super uncommon. So, so I was like, all right, this is great. I mean, it'll be, it'll be fine. Pain for two days, I can deal with that. So I literally sat on the couch and iced my crotch for two days with uh, frozen lima beans. I, I chose lima beans because nobody likes lima beans. I wasn't going to waste peas. I was like, peas? Those are actually edible lima beans. Ugh. I'll put them on my junk. So anyway, so uh, that's also another story for another time. Um, where was I? Oh yeah. So so uh, the opposite happened to me. I had no pain for two days. So I, I started worrying. I was like, man, I, I thought this guy said it was going to be painful. 
So I thought maybe something was wrong. I was like, maybe he, did he not do it? I'm like, what? You know, this is kind of weird. And I had almost no swelling. And on day three, all of a sudden, I feel like I got hit in the nuts with a sledgehammer. But it was like in this area up here, like around my, just south of my belly button. So for the guys in the room, it's like that feeling about three to five minutes after you get hit in the nuts when it's moved up into your stomach and you're just like going, oh, God. Where you're not sure, you know, you think some serious damage is happening. Like, I'm not going to be able to have kids. For women, the best way I could describe it is it's kind of like really severe diarrhea pains, but sans the diarrhea. So but just like in this region where you're just like, it's like nauseous. uh, It's just awful. So I felt like that for two weeks. Exactly. And uh, I was at work, and I'm like, you know, in meetings, and I'm just like sweating, like, (laughs) you know, I felt terrible. And uh, so I finally called the doctor up, and and, uh, and so, by the way, I forgot to mention this part. So you you also have to ejaculate a certain amount of time. So you have to have at least 20 ejaculates before they can test you. And uh, I was telling my my wife, like, I, you know, get ready to get in the shower. I was like, don't even... Don't even think the word balls right now, please. Don't, even, don't look at them. Don't think about them. I don't just go in the other room. So, um, but, you know, you have to masturbate and you have to have sex and things like that because you, uh, you have to get all the reserved semen out of the, if there's anything hanging out in the vas deferens or in the seminal vesicles or in the prostate. So I end up with this severe pain, and I kind of had it on the right side. I had it on the left side. Um, there, I did have a couple of ejaculations. See, I told you it was going to get a little weird. Um, so I had a couple of ejaculations in there. And I realized after one of them in particular, uh, it was the first one, actually, where my wife was involved. Uh, the, the next morning, I woke up feeling wor- So I had a couple of days stretch where I felt pretty good, and then, so that's, which is why I was like, okay, you know, time to get busy. Um, so my wife and I do the do. Next morning, I feel the worst I've felt. And I notice I have this lump. It looks like I have four balls, basically. I have two big lumps above my nuts. So, um, so I call up again, and I go to the doctor, and I'm like, what is going on here? So he's like, well, you know, let me see. So he takes a look, and he's like, he explains to me. He goes, aha, what you have <laughs> is a sperm granuloma. I was like, all right, well, what the F does that mean? So he said, basically, you have a bunch of sperm dumping into your scrotum, and it has half the DNA that the rest of your body has, so your body is attacking it as if it's a foreign entity. It's going to be there the rest of your life, so don't worry about that. Get used to it. He's like, but let me ask you this. How forceful is your ejaculate? Like, I don't like what compared to other dudes. I mean, I don't, I'm not usually standing in a line ejaculating next to other men, saying, you know, who can shoot the furthest. So I'm going back to my memory, like, let me think of some porns I've seen. Like, uh, yeah, those guys, they kind of trickle out a little bit. I was like, well, mine's pretty forceful. I mean, I, yeah, I guess it goes pretty far. He's like, well, turns out you are too forceful of an ejaculator, and you, in his words, blew out a suture. And then he congratulated me. I'm not even kidding. He congratulated me. He said, he said well done, sir. Um, he said, you're basically just going to deal with that the rest of your life. So I was like, okay. He said, take some ibuprofen. I was like, mm, all right. 
So that's been my life for the last two months. That was two months ago. And uh, I do have, basically every time I have a really good ejaculate, uh, I have pain for uh, about a week afterwards. Um, but I started thinking, I was like, all right, how the hell does this happen? Like, how do, that's not, that can't be normal. So I did some research. It turns not very common at all. And I started thinking about it, like, why would I have such forceful ejaculation? And I realized this goes all the way back to when I was a little kid. So I was, no, 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 not like that. <laughs> well, sort of like that. Yeah. So when I was a little kid, even like six or seven, I realized uh, that having a big wiener at that age, that was the kind of language I used, so probably seven years old, that was like a thing, right? You should, you know, guys are supposed to have big wieners. And seven-year-old logic was, for me, was... Uh, if I sound like I pee really loudly, then people will think that I have a big Johnson. So I would f- literally force my pee as hard as I could. I'd be like, oh, people will think this sounds like a big fat stream's coming from a fire hose of a wiener, you know? This kid's got the biggest dinky on the block, right? It was like that kind of thing. So I literally, that's what I did. And so as some of you may not, so thoughts lead to action, that was a thought I had, led to me like really forcing my pee out, which led to a habit, and this became like a regular thing for me, which led to a character trait. So I'm in like my 20s, and I come to the realization that other people don't pee like I pee. Like, this is not normal for, like guys aren't in there like, and what's interesting, in essence, in essence, I was doing Kegels, so, I don't know if you know what those are, but it's basically pelvic floor exercises. And I built the muscles up from forcing my pee out so hard for so long, for literally like 30 years, um, that, which there are consequences to this, by the way. You know, this was at uh, the expense of my shins. So you get a lot of spray back when you pee like that, which is why I keep wipes in the bathroom. I'm just like, okay, when I'm done. That's a true story, too. I know, that's pretty gross. Uh, so what's interesting, though, is like I, I literally I peed so hard that I built the muscles up around my prostate, which is the gland that literally p- like pumps ejaculate. So the reason I had such forceful ejaculation was because I, I, for 30 years I peed as hard as I could. Um, so the moral of the story is I literally did this to myself. And I was all pissed off at the urologist. Like, this fucking guy, you know. He told me he did 4,000 of these, you know, with no issue. Uh, yeah, so this is totally my fault. But I'm an optimist at heart. And uh, I've had this joke I've told for years, and it's finally, it's finally true. And I know the theme is not destiny, which was coincidentally the theme of the last time I did a story. But it feels like destiny to me that, like, I can finally tell this joke, and it, it literally is true, which is that it's not that my penis is small, it's that it looks small next to my gigantic scrotum. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the way my mind works. When I think of force, I think of my small penis and my gigantic scrotum. Thank you for letting me tell you that story. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We will find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.